Welcome everyone to 1111 Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Haynes. And today we are talking with Alex Allgood. Alex is an author, an artist, a creator, a dancer, MLD certified massage therapist, a life and nutritionist coach, a podcaster where she hosts the Leap of Health podcast, a YouTuber, and recently she just released her book, Parents Are Greatest Teachers, Love or Hate Your Amazing or Awful Parents, Gift Yourself the Perspective Within the Lesson. Welcome, Alex. Thank you for having me, Michelle. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Like we, we've communicated here and there over the past year, I'd say, since we both took a, a yes. podcasting class and released our podcast. But this is our first time getting to actually speak to each other. So thank you. I appreciate having you here today. And I'm excited to talk to you. I just read your book, which was really cool. And before we get into that, mm -hmm. I thought maybe um, first you could uh, let our listeners know, give them a little brief history about who you are, where you come from, and how you got to this point in your life. Yes. So again, thank you for, for having me today. Um, as you mentioned, I am a dancer, an artist, uh, writer, podcaster, um, all of those things. I, um, since very uh, young age, I've been um, drawn to the arts, to painting, singing, dancing. I've been a professional dancer for quite a while. I've gone around the world teaching and doing shows. So yeah, dancing has been like one of those doors that has opened my mind and life and soul to a lot of different people, uh, cultures. And now with the book too, um, I wrote, I just launched my book not too long ago. And so I've been sharing uh, part of my story and my parents. And I'm also, as you mentioned, uh, I'm a massage therapist. I love that. I love that all that connection with others and trying to help them heal, either connecting with others and practitioners with like different modalities. I'm all about alternative health. And that's like what my podcast is all about, trying to find all those modalities that are not um, as well known as just our regular, you know, medicine and go to the doctor, but trying to bring all these other practitioners that work with like acupuncturists, uh, um, practitioners that work with our energy and things like that, which I think there it's like super fascinating because I feel like those modalities been there for such a long time, but a lot of people don't still don't know uh, much about them. So I love to bring uh, and connect with uh, other people that that likes to you know heal themselves with alternatives and not just like with medicine. And I mean, medicine is great; it helps mm -hmm. in a lot of things. But I think um, uh, learning about other cultures and how you know their healing methods and all all that uh, it's awesome and great. And sometimes it's like very inexpensive. So why not? So yeah, that's I'm a little bit of everything. I've jumped from all over the place. I am uh, Mexican American, I will say. Uh, and so yeah, I, I share the American culture, my Mexican culture, and I feel like I have adopted a lot within my life from other cultures too, mm -hmm. to yeah. make me who I am. <laughs> I love that. I love that. 
I actually found through reading your book that we're, we have a lot in common. We're kind of kindred spirits. Um, We'll touch on it a little bit in your book, but the whole like running, you know, running so fast, you know, didn't know where you're going, but you wanted to get away from this. So you're just going to run towards whatever, you know, and I did a lot of that too. So did you grow up in Mexico? Is that where you, you moved from? I wasn't sure about that when you were, when I was reading your book, where, where your home base was before you moved. I come into the States since I was very, very uh, little, like five, six years old. And so um, I lived um, that part of my life in Mexico. And then I moved to the States uh, like around um, 15, 16, permanently here with my grandparents. And so uh, since then, I've been here my whole, pretty much the rest of my life, <laughs> which is, which I think about it now. And I'm like, wow, that's, you know, I've been here for, for so long. So it's, it's one of those things that you're like, so where it's home now? Like, like, where am I from now? Right. But, but I do feel like I am, you know, they used to ask me like all these questions all the time at work. Like, where are you from? Cause I have like a weird accent. It's not like really Mexican accent but it is some sort of Latino accent (laughs) (laughs) and so they're always like where are you from and I will say uh in a jokingly way I'm from the world yeah and that and that's pretty much how I feel like I've been in so many countries that you know when I have visit and make friends from there like it I don't know it's just like this part of me that I'm like this this feels like home too. <laughs> well, and who knows, you know, and in, I am one that believes we live many lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there may be this remembering on a soul level of something you've experienced before or somewhere you've been before. So that's really interesting. And yes, and it happens the same with music. And I feel like that's why I loved uh, dancing because mm-hmm. I went to all these places uh, where, you know, they didn't speak um, English or Spanish. And yet, you know, they will hand the hand to, for you mm-hmm. to join them on the dance floor. And you go to the dance floor and you don't know, you know, you can't understand anything what they're saying to you. But as you dance, you have this amazing communication, yeah, this unspoken communication. I think that's why I love dancing the most because you could go anywhere around the world and have a, an awesome conversation with this person that you cannot even pronounce their names. Right, right. Yeah, so it's it's so cool. It's I love it. Do you still dance? Like, yes. Are you still? I I know you do some dancing, but are you still dancing professionally or performing, or or is it mostly uh, just a hobby at this point? So now this year, um, I actually recently moved to Texas. Last year, I did a lot of teaching. Um, I didn't do much shows because uh, of the pandemic and all that. I think last year, that's when everything kind of like started opening up, opening up, especially for dancing because it's, you know, it's a partner thing. So I think with COVID, we kind of like slowed down on all that. There was dancing, but not really like uh, with a partner. Mm-hmm. So last year, I loved that all that dancing with like uh, dance halls and clubs and all that um, open up again, which it was really, really great. 
I feel like connecting with others is so essential for humanity. <laughs> so, yes. So when we were, yeah. So when we were isolated for so long, uh, personally, I I felt it. Yeah. You know, through my soul, because I was so used to touching people and hugging people and dancing together and holding hands and all that, that being isolated, it really kind of like affect me, you know, to, to my soul. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's you know, a, a huge part of you that was taken away for that time period. How did you deal with that? I need to like always be busy and doing things. <laughs> and so I couldn't dance. That was just a fact. Things were closed. All the studios that I worked for, like teaching, they were closed. All the clubs were closed because we couldn't gather because of COVID. So what I did, um, I went back to school. Okay. <laughs> so I did the, the whole online school. That's how I, I finally graduated from uh, uh, massage therapist school. Awesome. And also, Congratulations. Thank you. And I also did uh, my degree on nutritionist and I did that all online. Um, since the first like month that we were locked up, I was like, you know what? I don't know how long this is going to go. This seems like a like serious thing. And maybe me that I just can't stay still. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like really... Uh, on the whole year of uh, the pandemic, when everything closed down, I went back to school. I started my podcast. Uh, what else did I do? Uh, I started writing my book. Mm -hmm. So it was a, a year full of uh, things and accomplishments. And yet I didn't, you know, I couldn't see my friends. I couldn't hug them. I couldn't dance with anyone. But I feel like I connected with myself in yeah. a whole different level I think dancing gave me the opportunity to meet others and connect with others but I think um, you know I know a lot of bad things happen within the pandemic but to me it was a great opportunity to actually see what I was made of and doing what I wanted to do for for the longest time so yeah. I guess that's how I kind of like cope with the, the whole thing and even seeing people through Zoom in school, it made me still feel part of something bigger. That's interesting yeah. because what you just said there is a parallel to what you were talking about in your book, right? So you had whatever it is that you've been handed, whether it be through your home life, parental life, or a pandemic, you discovered these things about yourself or you connected to yourself in a way that you grew and positive things came out of it. That's mm -hmm. not to say that there wasn't tragedy within the pandemic or there's not tragedy within um, yeah. abusive households or, or you know, less than ideal situations to grow up in. And yet we can still grow from those experiences. We can still choose to reflect upon them in a way that makes us stronger. So I think this is a good lead in to discuss your book. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited. So I read this book. I really liked it because, you know, I think there's a lot that we can all relate to in various experiences, good, bad, or indifferent. I got a, I got some things highlighted here and one we already kind of touched on, and I'm just going to read from your book here real quick. You mm -hmm. say, I just wanted to run away from life, from dad, mom, my family, my thoughts, everything. That was one good skill I felt I had. I called myself a runner and that's pretty much what I did. 
I ran away from everything that slightly brought me any emotional discomfort. I would just run. Just now it gives me goosebumps because I think I was in my 20s when I realized that's what I was doing as well. And mine wasn't quite the same type of running, but really living fast and hard. Mm-hmm. So that and constantly being entertained or distracted. I wanted to do everything and I wanted to do everything extreme. And I think that's very similar because it takes you away from from what you were running from. So what were you running from? Yes, I ran from everything. <laughs> from, you know, pretty much dealing with, uh, I think mostly like dealing with any emotion. Like I really, I try to be, at that time I thought, you know, being tough and not talk about what I was feeling was the right thing. Like, you know, my dad is about to die and I just didn't want to see that. And I thought, you know, I'm going to tough it up and just moved on and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I did that with like a lot of things too. Like with school, sometimes I'll be like, I'm too cool for this. <laughs> yeah. I'm too smart to go through school or to do this class or that. Or I don't need that. I don't need anyone. So I will just run through, through life like that. Not knowing that. I was missing that opportunity of growing. I'm not saying I had like the worst life or anything. I think uh, you do what you do with what you can on your on your tool bag, and and that's what I knew, and that's what I, it felt good just to, you know what? I don't want to deal with how I feel right now, how devastated it is to lose a parent or even to see them sick, or how yeah. devastated it is to see mom working 24 hours to support me yeah and instead of kind of like you know maybe now it could be like oh I could have been more supportive more loving but all that I knew was like you know what I could just run from this place and move with grandparents and not know what's going on yeah behind me yeah and I think we we do that a lot with everything I think that's something easy to do and I think that's why we all do it saying it's right or wrong we just do it because it feels good at the moment and it feels good not to deal with things and seeing things and live I think living it's it's that's what it is living it's it's all about dealing with all these emotions and we just can't sometimes so yeah and I think we're yeah in the moment probably aren't even aware that's what we're doing you know I think it just seems like oh hey there's something new and exciting and interesting and I'm just going to move towards that and and then move towards the next thing and move towards the next thing and Mm -hmm. and for me I mean eventually I got somewhere where it it didn't work anymore and eventually it didn't make me feel any better and when I did look behind I I had a bigger mess than (laughs) I had accumulated quite a mess so yeah. But it, but it's okay. You know, um, I think there's no judgment there. The, the shoulda, woulda, coulda, mm-hmm. it, it's, it wasn't meant to be that way. So we've experienced what we've experienced to get us where we needed to go to become the people we are to share the gifts that we have, I believe. Exactly. So I think your, your story is very inspiring. And I, I thought it was cool that you brought up um, again, something that resonated for me is kind of the mentor part like 
these mentors we have in our life that aren't necessarily mom or dad or who raised us, um, but somebody else who is a significant part of our life that helped shape us. Can you speak about who some of those were for you? I think grandparents obviously played a big role and some other people as well. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, actually, I love that. I love talking about mentors. I actually did a whole section in, in my podcast about um, mentorship and all these awesome stories. I believe that, um, you know, I, I, I feel like I came later in my life to learn that because I was a very stubborn person. And <laughs> <laughs> one of my interviews, I talk about how our parents raise us the way they can. And something that I was raised with, it was like, you could do it all yourself. Like anything that you could put in your mind and whatever you can do it. And that was really good. Like it, it served me in a lot of ways. Uh, but I remember uh, really well that I've been drawing and painting since I was very little, probably since I was like, you know, four or five years old. I have been into the arts uh, forever, um, late teens, early 20s. Um, I needed to take a class in college. And uh, it was an art, uh, an art class. And at that since little till that point I never took an art class never because I said I'm not going to take an art class because you know true artists don't do that <laughs> <laughs> and what a silly thought right yeah like now but that's how I I, it, I was so committed yeah. to be this artist and this painter that I was like no I, true like somehow that was that. A, a sign of weakness like only yes. people who aren't artists need help with art <laughs> yes exactly I draw and I practice and I I did um, art shows and the whole thing I developed a technique on how to draw the human finger uh-huh. and so anyways cool. I did that yeah so I did that for for the longest and I came up with like this techniques and whatever right little that I knew um, going back to my college class, I needed to take this class to um, get my associates or something like that. And so anyways, long story short, I enrolled to the class and I enrolled to the highest uh, like level of uh, drawing because mm-hmm. that's what I thought I needed to do because all the other ones, will, they were going to be like, they were not going to serve me at all because I already knew. I had already done exhibitions and I didn't needed these classes Mm -hmm. so anyways I enrolled into this class and uh you know to this class feeling like I am the artist right (laughs) I am the true artist and um these classes are called life drawing meaning that Mm -hmm. you get an actual model and you start doing this like poses and the whole thing the first class the the instructor goes like okay so we're gonna go go ahead and um uh, draw this pose we have this um, amazing model whatever whatever and I was like okay I got this I've been developing this techniques for years <laughs> and so I took a moment I started looking around at all these you know all these other students and they're doing the technique 
I develop, right? <laughs> and so I'm looking, and I was like, what? Like, I'm looking around, and everybody's doing all these, like, techniques, telling the story, because all these years that it took me to come up with these techniques and develop, they were already there before I was born. And closing my mind, it got me to not grow as fast as I probably could have been, yeah. I don't know, the next Picasso or whatever you want to think about. But it really, that day was one of the days that, like a turning point in just in life, not even like just in art <laughs> itself. Yeah. But it showed me how we can really take our lives in these directions and we get there and we realize how close we've been to the world to life itself and to the opportunities because i could have taken classes when i was little i could have enjoyed the teachings of others <laughs> i didn't and so in my early 20s that's when i was like wow no this was not a smart at all like we could do things i'm not saying we can add I believe we can do anything we can think of and more but I have come to the realization that we need each other we need yeah. mentors and mentors can be our teachers mentors can be the people that we come up across the streets you know like yeah. walking like we don't even have to know their names for them to change our life you we have mentors all over we're mentors of each other whether we know or whether we're like close friends or not. And I think that's really important for like just our evolution. I feel like once you acknowledge that, life changes. I do think sometimes we can wear our stubbornness or our toughness, our badassery, whatever you want to call yeah. it, like this badge <laughs> of honor, right? And we cling to it. Like my worth mm -hmm. is here. Like this is where I get my my self-worth or my identity. And I too went through that where it's, where you have this realization, like, while there are good parts to that, there's a whole mm -hmm. bunch of it that's self-defeating, you know, yes. that's, it's that saying, I believe it goes cutting off your nose, despite your face or something, which is such a weird saying, but <laughs> I think that's what <laughs> it, it means, <laughs> you yes. know, you, you, you really, if you just loosen the grip on that mm -hmm. egoic kind of viewpoint that, you actually grow much faster, maybe be yes. happier, you know, meet so many wonderful people and create new opportunities. So that's, a, it's a hard, I still struggle with it a little bit sometimes, yes. you know, I mean, mm -hmm. that doesn't go away easily. It took a lifetime to develop it. It's not going to go over, go away overnight. So I do think that's a good point that two things in what you just said there. Um, one is be open to to just new people, new opportunities, trying things a different way outside mm -hmm. of your comfort zone, because you'd be surprised how it might impact you. And, and a lot of times it might be in a way you weren't even looking for. Like, yes, maybe you're going to take an art class because you want to learn art better, but you, it might be the art teacher who that you meet that, and that might cause you to grow in a new way. So yes. I think that's really cool. Um, and, and I would like to say that with these, it's like a life lesson like it never stops like yeah. I feel like even though I you know 
that class changed my my view of things. It's still in my life. There's a lot of things that I have to be like, I'm not being open to things. I'm not, you know, I'm not seeing the whole picture. So it's like one of those lessons in life that it just keeps coming because it's, it's such a it's such a big lesson to learn. And so, yeah, for everyone that is listening, uh, I mean, it's not something that you're just going to learn one time. Like many other lessons, uh, you don't just learn them and you're like, okay, check. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. You know, life is such a cool thing that it never stops. Yeah, there's no end point to evolution, right? To to exactly, you know, Mm -hmm. those mentors, I think, could also be called soulmates in a way, because I think soulmates are meant to help your soul along its path. You know, not this romantic. (laughs) Oh, I found my soulmate. You know, but (laughs) exactly, they're they're guides in this lifetime. You know, how did you how did you feel called to write this book? Because to me, writing a book, I'm like, oh my god, I could never write a book. That's crazy. Like. How could I ever collect these thoughts, these ideas, whatever, in a put it together in this package that makes sense to anybody else or, you know, so how did you <laughs> yeah, decide to so, do that? Yeah. So I've been writing my whole life. I am one of those persons that collect journals from when I was like six, seven, 12, wow. 15. Yeah. I have a, a bunch of journals that here and there I go back to them to read. And I was like, wow, what was I thinking writing all this? <laughs> but it gives me a cool idea of how I evolved into what I am today. And I always wanted to write a book. I didn't know what was the book going to be about. And when the idea came, um, I thought I was actually going to write a book about my dad only. So I wanted to since I'm all into uh, health modalities and all that, I actually, uh, the idea came because I wanted to write about my dad and his illness. He passed away from cancer, stomach cancer, and then Mm -hmm. it kind of like spread through everything. At that time when he passed, um, I kind of only knew Western medicine. And a little bit of what we did at home, like herbs and things like that, that we will use for healing. But that was what I knew about uh, health modalities. So when he passed away, it was like, wow, we couldn't do anything for him. So I wanted to write the book telling the story of my dad. And I wanted to show uh, the readers and the world, I guess, how we have missed on a lot of health modalities that can help people. And I'm not saying there's a cure for cancer or for AIDS or things like that, but there is a lot of other modalities besides Western medicine that can actually benefit these people that's, that are ill. And so to give them, uh, I guess, more life and or more uh, quality life. So my idea was like, I'm going to tell the story of my dad and talk about all these modalities that people with cancer or with a certain illness like that can be helped and maybe be cancer free for a longer, longer time. So that was my idea. But then, um, as you know, our media or social media 
and everything, you know, they get controlled by, by certain industries. And one of the industries is um, our pharmaceutical industry. And so me writing a book about that was going to be huge. And I'm not saying I'm like this big writer or, or anything like that or this famous person. But what it's been happening, I know for sure that people that have uh, write these books within the holistic space, at, like Amazon and other uh, book places where you publish your books, they will ask you to edit them. Yes, they will tell you like, well, you're kind of saying like, it might cure this or whatever, even though you're not saying it. So they will, uh, there's a lot of um, uh, hold on things like that. Uh, a lot of stops that, you know, they want you to edit your book and whatever. So anyways, that's the book that I really wanted to write. <laughs> and I'm sure not right now, but later I could probably write something. I'm like, I think you should still write it. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I think I will. I think that would be very challenging. Yes. During the pandemic years because it was so controversial. Exactly. Um, but it needs to be heard. Yes, so. yeah. For sure. I'll I'll I still have the thought in my mind yep. for sure. Yep. And I will write it uh in a better time, I guess. And so, anyways, because I wanted to write a book and I wanted to to go to the process of publishing a book, I wanted to do a book that was not going to be censored and I needed to rewrite pretty much. It just came to me. I was like myself, I've gone through so much learning through my life that I wanted, I wanted everyone to, to not go through maybe everything that I, I've gone through, but I feel like books helps us uh, of my life and what I went through and how it did change my life. And I think once I knew I wanted to write about mom and dad and what they taught me, uh, that was it. I was like, and it was very scary. Don't get me wrong. I think that's one of the scariest things I've done in ever because I'm actually, I print my life story <laughs> yeah, it's for the world to, right? to, to read. And they're going to know very intimate things about me and my family. And there were some family members that were very like, don't write it. People don't need to know our lives. No one cares. All this. And I was like, I get it. And yeah. I try my best. And I feel like I, I did my best to try not to add anyone into the book, but me and my experience uh, through my life, which was with my parents, because I have two siblings and I'm sure their experience with my two parents were not the same mm -hmm. at all. But yeah, um, I feel that that's, that was like the best way. And I was very excited to show that even though you can go through, you know, a lot of crazy life moments, there's always good. And there's always yeah. amazing life to go. I always talk about like, it's, it's not your whole story. These instances or traumas or past experiences, that's, it's part of your story. It's part of who you are, but it isn't who you are and it isn't your whole story. You know, don't buy into that, that you continue to keep writing your story and how you react to those experiences is really what I think is more defining. Um, I want to 
read something out of your book and you say, knowing where our parents come from really gives you a different insight of the why they scream, the why they don't hug or say, I love you often. It gives you the why they are addicts or violent, the why they are absent. It gives us an understanding of the why of their pain. And there is not a manual for parents. There is also not one for being a good son or daughter. So be kind to yourself. We do hurt our parents as much as they hurt us sometimes, but breaking those chains, that's where we are born again, where we get to start all over. And I think that's huge. You know, I, I do think really, you know, some people won't have the opportunity to understand those whys necessarily. Um, maybe they're not in relation or can't have those conversations or a parent has passed on and they didn't really get to, to yeah. figure out you know, speak to them as an adult. You know, I can think of mm -hmm. people who passed when I was younger. I'm like, ah, oh, I wish they were alive right now so I could talk to them. Yes. You know, at, at this stage of my life. But sometimes you can't, you know. And even without understanding some of that, being able to break those change, chains and move on, I think is huge. So I really, that really resonated with me there. I have been interviewing my mom a handful of times. She's 88. She'll let me interview her, but she won't let me air them, but it's still okay, you know, because I'm learning so much and I'm yes. the youngest of nine. I have eight wow. older siblings and guaranteed 100%. We all have this totally different perspective and viewpoint of, of our parental figures, you oh. know, and it's interesting. So that everybody is having their own unique experience, even within the same family is amazing to me, but it's important to understand that our, ours is just our own and we can still learn from others as well. And just being able to speak to my mom about some of that was, has been really interesting and it's been beautiful to, to share in that, you know, you had said at one point, I think it was your, your dad's mom, you said she was full of thoughts and I wish she would have shared them with me. Yes. You know, like I, even when I was reading about her, like you hanging out with her and she was pretty quiet. And I think she was the one that would give, was she the one that would give you like chores to do? To yes. I was very energetic. I think I, I'm still art and she will just, she was cool. She will just sit me on this chair and she'll be like, okay, here, I'm going to show you how to neat. I'm going to show you how to do this. I'm going to show you how you, how to do anything, any manuality or you know anything draw paint anything but sit right here and do not move <laughs> yeah I was even like I wonder what's going on in her head you know like yeah I, I could I was just visualizing this woman and like man you know she had so much in there you know yeah. it, but it it's what everybody's everybody's so different and what they're capable of and and I do think it takes that courage to be vulnerable and, and to open yourself up like you have with this book. I think that's beautiful. And I really think that's what a lot of people are attracted to. They see in somebody else that they can be open and vulnerable and real. And it's kind of like it gives them permission to do the same and, or just be validated in that. I feel you. I see you. I, and yes. I, I can relate to that. You know, I think that's another great part of this book is there's so many little pieces in here that we can each relate to. And 
you know, one other thing that I want to touch on with this, and this is generational trauma. And, you know, you said in, in your book, we pass on traumas and feelings. If we don't talk about our shit, if we don't heal what happened to us, we will continue to pass that on to the next generation. And it's crazy how that happens. I, I understand parts of it. I can wrap my head around parts of it. Other parts I, I can't quite, but I know it's true. You know, even another woman I had on, Dr. Mary Shackleton, she's a naturopathic doctor. She brought up that generational trauma, and especially with women. And if you're not dealing with it, not just your own, but the, the past generational trauma, it shows up as disease in your body, specifically with women breast cancer, she was saying. Oh, that yeah. Often mm-hmm. it's in the left breast, which is above the heart. heart. Wow. Yeah, I believe that definitely. Yes. That generational trauma, what what are your feelings about that? Like, talk to me a little bit about that and how you have learned to deal with that or release it. Yes. Um, As I was running, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought it was, you know, you're one for yourself. That's it. Right. We're running away from things and we're like, well, as long as I am good and as I do my thing and I do whatever I want, life is good. But then realizing, uh, you know, that that was not it. Once my dad passed, once I realized how young he was and realized that my mother was so young too, you know, in my eyes, um, in my early, late 20s actually, uh, that that's when I actually realized that because I've always I feel like we always see our parents like they're old but now that I'm a little older you know I'm gonna be 40 this year this is the first time I said oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> awesome it's crazy because my dad passed at 41 and I'm going to be 40 and I'm really young and full of life and full of dreams energetically I'm like crazy so knowing that, you know, my mom had to go through tw- pretty much like two freaking like 24 hour shifts to bring money to our table. That's crazy. That's yeah. tough because she was pretty young. She was like probably 30s, uh, late 20s. I don't know. But that's a very young person to be really stressed out about feeding three gives you and a I whole just, new level of respect when you can yes. really think about what that takes to do that. It's like, gosh. yeah, yeah. And not just that, I mean, I think about myself and all the things that I want <laughs> yeah. and that I wanted at that age, knowing that she was that young and she almost didn't have that when she was, you're that young, you should go through, have fun and yeah. go out and meet places and people and travel and all that. And she didn't have that. So me reflecting, I'm like, wow, my mother really spent all her really good years of her life trying to give us a good life. And then thinking about, you know, going that step back to my grandmother, you know, she now she's good. She lives with, you know, she has a nice house. She lives with my uncles. She's good. She's healthy, whatever. But going back to her and then thinking about like, where was she at her late 20s and her early 30s? That brings me a lot of perspective because I heard 
early 30s, she was still <laughs> having kids. And she already had a lot of them. You know, she had nine kids. What was going through her mind? I think it was a lot of pain. You know, yeah. not judging that she had nine kids, whatever. At, at those times, people had a lot of kids. You know, I think she she had all these kids and she had this like crazy uh, younger life. Maybe she was holding all this pain and hurt that she was never seen. You know, mm -hmm. she was really never seen by my great grandparents. And so I think just acknowledging that gives me it kind of like breaks the chain with me that if I ever have a girl or, you know, any kids, they're going to know that grandparents, great grandparents were awesome and they do what they could, but they could have maybe not used violence to raise their kids. And right. they'll know that my grandma, even though she went through like crazy life and did her best, that I will also not do certain things that she did to my mother. Yeah. And that my mother, even though she was a well-educated person, also used things to raise us, including violence, that I would not agree to that. So I think just acknowledging and going back, and as you said, it's not like judging time or anything like that. It's more about like going back and see how they did things and acknowledging that they did their best pretty much. And it goes, I think that will bring anyone and I, it brings me like some sort of peace. Like it was not as bad as it felt when I was like a kid. Now I know that they did their best. And as a crazy as in my sound, they did it because they loved us. <laughs> and that's, and that's the only tools they knew. Yeah, that's what was modeled for them. I mean, that's yeah. a good thing to remember is they can only function from a, a place in which they've had experiences and what were their exactly. experiences like. And I think my mom's 88, you know, her generation was very different. Her parents were immigrants from Belgium. They mm -hmm. were, they went through some crazy stuff like World War yeah. One. Yeah, I mean, adds they up. Being an immigrant refugees. adds up. Yeah. yeah. And um, so even, you know, her upbringing, well, her parents were bringing the best they could to it with what they knew and what they thought was right, you know, like we were talking about like wearing our toughness, like a badge of honor. I think our parents thought that kind of discipline, that firm discipline or, or, you know, corporal punishment, whatever you want to call it was a good thing that it, you know, was going to make you tougher. And I think they too didn't, they didn't talk about stuff like that, right? Like you didn't talk about your private business and this and that. I try to talk to my daughter you have to talk to kids in a way that's appropriate, right? Like they're not adults. They don't need to hear too much, but at the same time, being honest about some of our experiences, I think is important because it, it, a couple of things, like when I was, you knew everything and you were enlightened and life was great. And it's more like, no, when I became an adult, the shit hit the fan. I had to go yes. back and un untangle a bunch of stuff. <laughs> And realize, oh, God, you're never done, you know, and that's a beautiful thing. You, mm -hmm. you have these waves of 
hard times and experiences and then you learn tools to get through them and then you reap the rewards of the that that learning experience and then there's always something else that comes along whether it's a conflict an illness a struggle or a change you know it's not necessarily all doom and gloom or anything like that but I do believe that just being able to talk about those things like sharing with my daughter some of the experiences and traumas I had growing up in a way that's appropriate for her to hear so that she can understand like we're not these unrealistic perfect beings or also give her understanding like yeah I'm not perfect I have some of my own baggage I am trying to work on it I try to talk about it and modeling that for her because she's going to have her own shit she does I mean she has her own story of stuff you know and that's for her to navigate with me by her side but ultimately it's hers to choose how and what to do with it so I think being able to share those experiences in the moment in a way that's appropriate is is helpful and yeah um, different than I think how our parents were raised to do so even if we can do that little bit then I think like you said that's that's the breaking of the change at least yeah. part of it exactly and it just makes a big difference with all the you know it's just about and and when you said you know like uh, older generations they really never talk about anything because it was it was kind of like a weak a weakness yeah. to mm-hmm. do so from my experience once you talk about things they just feel lighter yeah or they're not it's as just like, crazy as you thought they were or yes. maybe they are but it feels better to have it out exactly sometimes we create all these uh stories in our minds about how bad things are but then you know um in the book, I talk about our regulators. I don't know if you remember that part, but our regulators are those people that listen to our stories. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes, they may think lighter. That's why it's so important to have, you know, to talk to your parents or if you have siblings or if you don't have parents or siblings to talk to friends, teach any, anyone, just talking anything that's holding you back or that it's making you feel a certain way just talk it out and you will feel just lighter and probably was not as bad as you thought and then you just move on yeah I think you even mentioned it in there holding it in or having those ill feelings is like it's like drinking poison you know and so oh, yes you can, exactly you can yes <laughs> let it out or direct it in a different way it's going to be less toxic to you and I think that's a good thing in closing, so what's inspiring you right now? What's what's been on your mind? Where do you find inspiration, and what's really um, calling to you right now? Yeah, I think lately nature, it's going outside, going for a walk, just feeling the sun, it just makes me feel better, and it makes me feel a little bit more creative. Um, you know, I'm gonna start writing. To, uh, my second book soon so I'm super excited about that um and so it's gonna call I'll tell you the name because I think it's hilarious it's it's uh, the title is the religious slot it, like the like a home <laughs> oh s-l-u-t yeah <laughs> really oh my goodness you got yeah. me curious now <laughs> yes yeah so it's gonna be really great um I'm going to be talking about all my experiences with religion. So it's going to be cool. 
because um, I think yeah because I think that's one of the the things in everybody's life that we're holding fear for some weird crazy reason so I'll talk about girl all we that. can have a whole conversation yes, on yes. that <laughs> I'll come back to you thank you so much for nope. sharing in this conversation today I've really thank enjoyed you. it I love like connecting with you in this new way and I look forward to your next book. I can't wait to check it out. And I totally am <laughs> going to want to talk to you about it. And I wish you all the best in all your creative endeavors. Thank you so much. I hope you all enjoyed the conversation with Alex today. I had a lot of fun connecting with her. She's such a bright spirit and has this beautiful energy about her. I look forward to her next book. That's going to be really interesting. I'll probably have her on again so we can chat about that. In the meantime, I really encourage you to check out her book. It's called Parents, Our Greatest Teachers. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes. I haven't been able to listen to all our episodes of Leap of Health, but I've tapped into um, several of them because I love the conversation around alternative medicines, just thinking outside the box when it comes to healing and health in general. And that's called Leap of Health. Again, I'll have a link to that in the show notes. I think in closing, I'm just going to read a, a quote from her, the end of her book. She says, every time you go out the door, you can change lives for the good or for the bad. And being aware of this power makes us more conscious, more whole, as we are part of something bigger than we can imagine. I think that's good food for thought right there. And I hope that not only for myself, but for all of you, that somewhere in our day today, we make a conscious choice to bring love and light into this world and affect someone else's life in a positive way. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, please share with a friend or post on social media. You can always leave a review or rate the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Much love to y'all.